Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. So let's start with why this was a topic. And that is, there is this sense and it is not just a sense of financial coaches. There is this general sense amongst people that social media marketing is the end all and be all. And it is the gift from God that solves all your problems. And if you're not doing it, you're doing something wrong. Right. And while social media marketing can be very, very effective, and there's a lot of tools and power that's associated with it, it is not the end all and be all of advertising. And you also have to realize that posting on social media platforms, belonging to groups or creating a group of your own, that is not social media marketing. Those are sub tools within it. And so we really want to broaden our perspective on marketing. The advertising class that I am teaching right now, these students are working on an advertising campaign. The clients this semester are the FCN launch members. And so one of the advertising campaigns will be available that the students create that FCN members will be voting on will be available to launch members. And we just this week had in no relation to what we were talking about here, had a conversation about the campaigns that they put together with their initial concept pitches, because we're about midway through right now. And one of the students blatantly asked, and the other campaign had this sort of a part of it, which is, because I said, you guys need to focus less on social media in the campaign. And one of them said, well, what else is there other than social media? And so there was a, there's this perspective that the only way for small businesses to do marketing is social media. And that is just factually wrong. There is an enormous world to marketing and advertising campaigns. They live and die not on creative or the imagery or having clever sentences. They live and die on whether or not you are guiding people toward a decision and whether you are using the appropriate media at each stage of the guiding. And social media is great for certain stages of the di- of the guiding, very poor for other stages of the guiding. Right? Yeah. And so it's a very common thing. So yeah. Yeah, and that's so going to be fun to have those campaigns by the way. So that's something that I did with your class. How was it last year? Went through with the yeah, I think Ad- it was last year or two years ago. Yeah. With yeah, with your advertising class. So it's super fun that some other launch members are going through it. And I'm excited to see which one they pick in terms of the yeah. advertising campaign. So to be determined, maybe that's something we can share in the yeah. group. Uh, yeah. That'd be fun to highlight. So okay, helpful why behind it. Where do you want to start? So let's start with big categories of advertising, and then I'll let you guide on what you think would be most interesting to the group to delve into. We're obviously not going to get into a 
really deep dive on everything because we just barely touched the surface in 56 hours of my advertising class. So yeah. I have a completely separate social media marketing or uh, sorry, digital marketing class. That's another 56 hour class. So we're definitely not going to be diving deep. Actually, before going in, we did this on another bit video, but for those who haven't seen that, Difference between marketing and advertising is one a subgroup of the other, just for clarification there. So marketing is a much broader concept. Marketing, there are four Ps of marketing, product, price, place, and promotion. Marketers love alliteration. Even if we have to funky word in their place, place just means how the customer gets the product. And so the advertising is a subcomponent of one of the main categories, which is promotion. But even within promotion, there's a lot of other subcategories as well, right? So it's important. Advertising is important, but people tend to talk about marketing as advertising, and it's a very limiting view of the overall marketing and even the overall promotion landscape. But let's talk about some different medias that are available and what your options are within those medias. And again, we're not going to go into a huge number of detail on things. We don't have the time. I'll give you some examples of how much detail we can go into on certain things. Uh, She said, we can stay here for 56 hours. (laughs) 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 I don't think StreamYard, the platform we're using, will allow allow us more my stamina. But (laughs) someday, maybe I'll accept that challenge. Probably not. (laughs) But from a high-level perspective, we've got social media which is a form of digital. There's a whole bunch of different forms of digital. We have print, we have TV, we have radio. Now, before people start jumping and saying, oh, radio's dying, blah, 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 or print is dying. Number one, no, they're not. The statistics absolutely prove that that is not true. And number two, make sure that you don't confuse the media with the technology. So podcasts, are radio. And if anyone's saying that radio is dying because no one's listening to audio while they're working or driving to on their commute, standing of the media landscape and what people do, because radio is still strong, but the podcast portion of radio is huge. So similarly, there are YouTube channels, which are effectively TV. And we want to be very careful not to confuse the difference between the distribution technology and the media. We didn't say TV was no longer TV when we went from rabbit ears to cable. So why would we do it when we went from cable to the internet? Good. Okay. Good example. And then you've got all sorts of other opportunities like direct mail and other things along those lines. And the simple thing that people will oftentimes do is they'll say, oh, well, you can't target as well with those other media as you can with, with, it, with the social, social media. media. And that's absolutely not true. Right? I can get mailing lists of doctors. I can get mailing lists of podiatrists who have at least $2 million homes, at least $500,000 mortgages left on those homes with a net worth of over a million dollars, an income of more than $200,000 that have an S corporation instead of any other. I mean, I can get ridiculously targeted with them. And that includes also psychographics, right? Their interests and other things along those lines. And so the targeting is out there for almost any type of media that we're looking at. And when we look at, for example, 
direct mail versus email. Email open rates are actually very, very low. So if you have a 10% open rate on your emails, that is actually a ridiculously high open rate. On the other hand, direct mail open rates hover around 25%. So what is average in direct mail for open rates is two and a half times what is excellent in email. Okay. And I imagine that it varies between so, small, you know, so like, or do you know if those open rates, and this is just getting into the weeds a little bit, but like more for large corporations versus smaller businesses, or is that just kind of an average across the board for all of them? So the open rates are on average overall of direct mail. However, it does skew toward larger corporations because larger corporations do send more direct mail than small companies do. Partially, this is because larger corporations have more sophisticated marketing departments. And so as a result, they're more likely to utilize a multi-channel approach because that multi-channel approach is going to be more effective. Gotcha. Makes sense. So yeah, so we, we really want to look at other options. Then another thing that stops people from exploring things beyond social media is the cost. Okay. Yeah. And it's very important that number one, you have to realize that social media is not as cheap as you think it is. The fact that you can spend just $1 a day does not mean that it's inexpensive. It just means that you can get charged a very high rate in small increments <laughs> because the way that you want to measure the the cost of advertising of any type of marketing is you want to measure it in what's called a CPM basis. Right? CPM is cost per thousand. In addition to liking alliteration, marketers are horrible spellers. M is the Roman numeral for a thousand. Gotcha. And what we want to look at is we want to look at what is the cost for every thousand people that I would reach that are in my target audience. Okay. Newspapers are very, very inexpensive on a CPM basis, but a lot of the people are not going to be in your target audience right. in your newspaper, right? So we really want to look at what portion of that audience, how many people is it going to reach and how much does it cost me for every thousand and make that our comparison. And when we look at it that way, there are certain things that are really, really cost effective. Newspapers are extremely cost effective, even though they reach a lot of people beyond your broad audience. Traditional radio is really cost effective. And a lot of people think, yeah, but you have to spend thousands of dollars to get to that cost effective. No, there are actually spots that you can get on radio. Yes, they're overnight. So you'd have to have a very specific target audience, but you can get it for like $5 a spot. There are times where you can get it that cheap. And so you have to realize that the dollar costs are very misleading. We want to look at our CPM. Yeah, how many people of our people are we reaching and what are we paying for that? And we also have to realize that media is good at certain things and not good at other things. Okay. So social media is really good at connecting the product with people's interest. So that's a really strong suit of social media. And that really kind of ends what social media is good at. And, and so what generally you want to do is you want to have a social media advertising in more sophisticated campaigns. You're going to want a social media element that connects them with their interest, connects the product with their interest, and then moves a person to another medium, another channel to implement the next part of the communication, to implement the next part of the campaign. And other things, so television, 
whether that's actually, I'm just going to pause you because yeah, could you give an example of what that would look like? Whether maybe something that the students are doing in the advertising class or something relevant to coaches of like, okay, what would it look like to go from social media to another platform? Then is it like a call or another platform after that? Just a potential. So you might send from social media to a landing page. So that would be another platform. You can also send from social media. If you have your metrics and everything set up correctly, you can send from a landing page to social media by targeting those social media ads to people who've been to that landing page. Then from that social media ad to an email campaign, because there's a lead email lead generation embedded in the ad for the social media where they don't even have to leave the Facebook. So you're not going to a landing page for this. It's just like literally in Instagram or Facebook where they can sign up for the emails from that email series to a YouTube video, right? Television, right? So this is how you would do this, where you're moving people from place to place. I'll give another example that you have all experienced, which is television, whatever channel that it's on, is really good at conveying emotion, exceptionally good at conveying emotion, horrible at conveying information. Social media, also horrible at conveying information. Print, on the other hand, not very good at conveying emotion, really good at conveying information. Part of this is because when we're on social media or watching TV, We are passive in our engagement with the media. When we're reading print, we are active because we have to be reading by by nature. There's also this tactile experience of turning the pages or holding the item, which increases our our mental engagement with, with the media. And so what many of you have seen is you've seen Claritin commercials, which are, or any other drug, which are always a bunch of people happy and playing with their kids and loving their kids. But of course, before they were happy and loving their kids, they were depressed because they were blowing into a handkerchief, watching their kids playing. And they were like, oh, I'm a horrible parent, right? All that emotional stuff. I was going to say, and that was the story card series for the Claritin ad. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then at the end of the ad, it says, see our ad in Life Magazine. Why? Because all of the research, the statistics, all the things that's go, that, that can't get across well on television, but it's really good on print, in, in print. And so that is an example that you've all experienced and seen of one ad driving people to the print ad. Now, those of you thinking, oh, but that wouldn't work because I've never done that. Do you have allergies? Do you have children? Do you ever have the experience of not being able to play? If the answer to those things are no, then of course you didn't go do that because you're not the target audience. (laughs) Those are examples of how you would move from one element of a campaign to another element of the campaign. Cool. Yeah. And the reason why you don't want to focus all on social media is because then you're stuck with, well, we're going to do one thing really well. And then nothing's going to happen because we never actually move them through to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage of the decision or we try to do it through a medium that's not effective at it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. There's thinking of that idea. So I could have Facebook, I could run Facebook ads to retarget anyone who has visited my website mm-hmm. with a freebie, just created one top 10 checklist for creating your awesome business. 
And then they could download that, get automatically enrolled into like, you know, a three section email or a three part email series like that. Maybe a lot to then throw them to YouTube, but I know it's just for an example, but but it's, it is really helpful to think for those of you who have lead magnets or who have different or an email newsletter things, just to kind of apply it to your own, the things that you already have existing in your own business to help make it a bit more real and concrete of how this could actually work. Yeah. And what I would say is you don't need a robust, complex campaign in the beginning. Instead, what you want to think about is you want to think about what are the three or four or five likely steps that a person would take, right? If I was in this position, what would I want to engage with? What would I want to know? What information would I need? What would I feel comfortable doing next? And then make that very simple thing your campaign and have your advertising guide people through it. And social media may not fall into that at all. I'm not saying that it shouldn't. I'm not saying that social media is bad. Just we want to break out of this idea that the only good advertising for a small business is social media because it's very limiting. Also, one thing I will point out is I said direct mail. Not everything you get in your mailbox is direct mail. In fact, the vast majority of the stuff you get in your mailbox is not direct mail, that it's junk mail. So letters, postcards, that's not direct mail. Direct mail is engaging. It's exciting. It causes people to want to open it and be excited that they got it. Is junk mail just direct mail that people put no effort into or those actually kind of, okay. So people who send junk mail would say they're doing direct mail, but you're kind of separating it in like by effectiveness or quality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's really cool stuff. I mean, literally you can send almost anything through the mail. As long as you tie the shoelaces down so they don't gum up the machines, you can throw an address on a shoe, throw the stamps on the other side of the shoe and just send the shoe through the mail. I mean, I did not, it may get there a little scuffed, but I didn't know that you could do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously you can't send like gasoline through the mail or dangerous item. There's, there are limitations on this. Don't start sending stuff that you should not be sending through the mail. But yeah. really what it comes down to is nowadays it's the automation machines. Is this yeah. going to cause a problem for the automation machines or not? And if the answer is yes, then you can't send it through the mail. Well, it's interesting because I remember getting when we moved to Tucson last year, direct mail from a dentist mm-hmm. uh, for massive discount off of first exam. Welcome to yeah. the neighborhood. And it, you know, it was one where like I saw it and I actually remembered it also because, you know, moving, mm-hmm. I left my old dentist. So that to me was an example of at least a, it, it was well-timed and, you know, I don't know how he, whether it was just anyone who moves, he sends it to, or whether there was any more specific targeting, but um, yeah, leveraging that with a discount, it's like, oh, I see, I see what you're doing and you're good yeah. at it. It was like a fun acknowledging moment, but I still remember it. Yeah. And one of the things that, so a postcard, I wouldn't do that. That's not what I would do for a dentist. Now, mind you, that's typically what you're going to get in a discount, so on and so forth. I wouldn't you're do You're weird. So what are you going to do? That's- so what I would do is I, I would, would pull have, a walrus tooth and then I would send it via a lizard. You're getting close, actually. I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what we're going to get. Let's um, hear it. No, what I would do is for people who had just moved, 
I would send them a welcome to the neighborhood that talked about, you know, the business and everything else. But inside of it would be so in a clear plastic bag. So we didn't have the gumming up of the works. I would include the information, the brochure, so on and so forth. If you're looking for a new dentist, I'm close to you. I would have a map with a star of where the dentist office is so that people could know where they were. I might even target it geographically so that the block that you're in or the region that you're in is highlighted in orange with the star on it. So you can say, oh yeah, that's my neighborhood there. And I go there. And so I would have a, a different, slightly different piece for each one through, through custom printing. And then I would have a toothbrush, a little tiny tube of toothpaste, like a one ounce tube of toothpaste and a little thing of floss. And I'd say, hey, I know how hard it is to move, to, to unpack, not know where anything is. Here's, here's some, some dental things so that your dental health doesn't go down while you're unpacking your boxes. Nice. This is why he teaches the classes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's stuff like that that catches people's eye, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is memorable. And yeah, like you talk about a lot in launch, it's like understanding where the customer is on their journey or the client yeah. is and meeting them where they are at. And I think that's a very great example of understanding, hey, this is what you are going through. And I want to meet you with something that's going to help you with exactly where you're at. Yeah. And then you know that the next thing they're going to do is start researching new dentists, right? So let's, that's their next step in their journey. So let's have that be part of the the next step in the campaign that we're going to take them to. So cool. I love it. You got a, that's genius from Ebony and Emily (laughs) Gillespie. Blaine Blaine was like, and Josh drops the mic. (laughs) Did I really? I'm sorry. Oh oh gosh, I get it right here. (laughs) The dad jokes are still free and constant. So, you know, just can't get, can't get rid of that. The good comes with the not good. Just kidding, Josh. Love your dad jokes. Not everyone has a good sense of humor. I understand. Oh, you just, wait, are you looking in a mirror right now? Okay. Anyway, we'll take this offline afterwards. What else do you want to cover? It's been about, I would say any questions from the audience that, that anyone has, because I'm sure that this has probably brought up some questions in people's minds. Yeah. So we'll give a minute or so, put in those questions. I'll talk for that minute while people are typing frantically. Get it. And then the other thing that to really think about is thinking about where social media really belongs in that journey that the customer is going to be on. Yep. So bringing it back to this isn't a, I, I hate social media or anything like that. This is, it is a tool. It is a very specific tool. And just like you would not want to use a screwdriver to hammer in nails, social media is a really good tool to have. Just don't start using it for everything. So where does it really fall? Social media, if you think of the the campaign as this linear path that people would go through, right? These are all the elements of the interactions with my marketing and my company that ultimately leads to them saying yes to a contract, right? So you think of this linear path. Social media, where it generally works best, and this doesn't need to be always this case, but it generally works best very, very early in that linear path. So extremely earlier in the linear path. So we're talking the first two or three steps or extremely late off the linear path. So one of the things that social media is really good at is if someone's come to your website, 
and you have, and they have not signed up, they have not scheduled a call, they have not done whatever you wanted to do, right? When I say signed up, signed up for your email list, you can then do what's called retargeting in social media, where you show just those people a particular ad. And so that sort of bookend idea is where social media is. Mm. The social media ads that come through my, my feed is they have a one-step campaign, which is here's my social media ad, hand over your checkbook, which I mean, technically they're at the very, very beginning of their campaign. They just forgot the rest of the campaign. <laughs> right. And that's not going to work. It, it just, especially for a business like ours, like, like financial advising or financial coaching, it's just not going to work that way. Gotcha. Well, we have a couple of really good questions that came in. Ooh. We'll just start in the order, which is how would you go about finding direct mailing lists for a podiatrist making 200K with fancy houses, 500K mortgages? That was Emily asking. InfoUSA.com is a great place. Let me make sure that that website is still what they call themselves. Oh, no. Double checking. Data, at, you, by the way, if you type in infousa.com, it'll take you here, but they've changed their name to Data Data Axel USA. Whatever. Um, okay, so there's a good, there's a, there's an option. <laughs> if you go to, but also if you go to good print shops, direct mail print shops, they will have databases. If you go to Vistaprint, in addition to giving business cards, they will also do they will also do postcards and they'll even do the mailing and everything else. Obviously there's a cost for all of that, but they have databases as well. Publishers Clearinghouse, which you can't get to it that way. The data feeds into InfUSA and a few other places, but that's why Publishers Clearinghouse is willing to give you 10 free magazines, Garrett, and a chance to win a million dollars because the magazines that you choose Tell them your interests. Interesting. That makes yeah. total sense. And so th this information is gathered from all sorts of different sources, including from public data like U.S. Postal Service and other things along those lines. So those are the places that you might want to start. But personally, I either go directly to a, a data warehouse to pull the information or I go to the direct mail and have the direct mail company handle it all just to kind of offload it all. So I think that that fully answered the question. <laughs> cool. And if it doesn't, Emily, you follow up and let us know. Second one is from Wally she said, mm -hmm. I'd love specific examples of marketing that either you have used or you have seen used in the financial planning or financial coaching prospects, sorry, to get financial planning or coaching prospects. Yeah. So I can give specific examples. I'm not sure how helpful they'll be, but I'll give them. Why do, don't you think they'll be helpful? Because the, the examples are going to be very much based on what works for that particular company offering that particular product offering to that particular target audience. Okay. And because you're not that company, you don't have exactly that product, even another financial coaching business, if the financial coaching businesses have structured themselves well to, to be poised for success, their product that they're going to be offering is going to be very different than yours. And they have a different target audience. And so we can talk about examples, but I do want to put that caveat on there that realize that these are examples that are very specific to specific audiences. Okay. And if it is helpful, like if there are any examples you have in your own business that yeah, I'll do mine. Yeah. that might be helpful too, just to yeah. hear that specific. 
So one of the campaigns that I will do every, well, I haven't done it for a long time, but that I will, that I will have done in the past and I will do in the future is I will do a campaign to small business owners who have a 401k plan. The campaign will include a direct mail pieces. It will also include custom created, a custom created landing page for this campaign. And it will include social media retargeting. There's a few other elements, but those are the three elements that we'll talk about now. The first step in the campaign is a letter to them that using data from ERISA, from the Department of Labor, sorry, from the Department of Labor on their 401k plan and identifying potential risks or oftentimes what I'll do is I'll do a data poll that shows people that have above average fees in their 401k plan. Hmm. And so I'll send them that letter. I will then follow it up with a direct mail series that talks about other key risks associated with their 401k plan. And I can know those key risks based on, again, the data that comes out of the the Department of Labor database. Then the next step is each of those is, is taking them to a landing page. That landing page has in it the opportunity to have a more in-depth analysis of their plan provided to them. Then people who go to that landing page will have retargeting ads with additional pieces of information on what's what would be inside of that more in-depth analysis with the goal of them come back to a, a separate landing page that is focused on them getting to be focused on actually signing up for, yeah, let's do an in-depth analysis of this plan. It's a little different than posting one ad on social media that says, hire me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So there, there's an example where we're, we're guiding people through that journey. We, it's very specific to things like your personal assets are on the line because your employees can sue you and the company that you are working with, their response in the lawsuit would, is going to be throwing you under the bus. And here are five articles of examples of that, right? Gotcha. So on and so forth through the entire campaign. But it's it's all very much targeted to where they're at, what they're concerned with. They're not concerned with changing 401k plans. So I can't do that. Instead, we ha I have to first get them to understand the context of what this campaign is going to talk about then show the importance of it, then provide the solution. Mm -hmm. And if we just try to do all three of that at the same time, it's probably not going to work. If we try to do all three of that and just hope that we just show the same ad over and over again, that's also probably not going to work. And if I tried to do all of that in social media, it's it could work, but it's not going to be as effective as having this multi-staged approach. Well, it was that... A sufficient example, or is there? Is, does that create a follow-up question? Cool. Well, we'll give her the the opportunity to type and and follow up. And I think at some point it might be interesting to do like outside of social media, more. I don't think we've actually talked about like paid search, like Google. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So that might, if people are interested in us talking about paid Google ads and or SEO and things of that nature, I don't think we've really talked much about it. So that could Not be a yet, future. Yeah, we totally could. <laughs> future topic. And the last one, just so I make sure I get it, was from Ebony, which is what do you think works best to entice people to leave social media to contact you? Is it video or frequent asks in various mediums? Is it, I know that like social media or Instagram, for example, has a link tree or link in bio that you can mm -hmm. put different posts there. Does it work better to do direct asks in the post? Or in, you know, so curious what your thoughts are. The most important thing is, and this is a general good rule. You'll hear, you'll hear us talk a lot about it in these lives. And we talk a lot about it in launch and, and in crash course and everything else. And that is we need to stop thinking of the conversation from our end, from our perspective. And the, the question that, that Ebony asked is a very common question. It's, and it's the most common way of thinking about things, which is where should I put these things? Before we do that, we should ask, why would someone reach out? Why would someone actually do that? Right. Because if we're asking them to contact them without understanding the why of the contact, then anything we do, no matter where we put it, is not going to be effective. What we want to do instead is we want to think about, you know, what would be the reason for the contact? Notice with the campaign that I gave as an example, I didn't ask for contact for them to reach out to me until the end of the campaign, which hint, that's where you always put it. And that's because I needed them to have a reason why, right? And so the reasons why might be because I just got my first lawsuit and now I'm worried about getting sued from everyone. The reasons why might be, yeah, I don't like, have, like hearing that I'm paying higher fees. The reasons why might be, I've had this feeling I didn't trust the person that I was talking with. And now that I saw that they will throw me under the bus in a lawsuit, I really don't, right? You have to, you have to identify a reason why and make sure that you present that reason why and then present the ask. The ask. So the question becomes then, in each of those places, it's not where should I put it, it's how can, how can the reason why be built into that? And if it can't be, then I'm not going to put it in. Right. Okay. So as an example, if I were to, by the way, I am not doing this. Very important. I am not doing this. <laughs> but if I were to post in the Facebook group and Garrett works very, very hard <laughs> to make sure this doesn't happen. But if I were to post in the Facebook community as a, as a new or even a longstanding member, I will help you with your advertising and get you 10 leads a month, right? You are probably not going to reach out to me. If after this conversation, I said, I am not saying this, by the way, so don't, yeah, I just want to be clear. I, but if I said, hey, I will give anyone who's listening to this, a free 30 minute consultation on their marketing, I'm not doing this. You're more likely to say yes to that, right? Because we've established why you'd want to reach out, right? And it's not that I've established it through what I've said. It's that you've established it in yourself, right? 
And so that that's what you want to think about more is how can I how can I create this motivation for them to want to reach out and then provide the ask rather than provide the ask at the same time that we're saying, hey, here's the benefit. Okay. Like with social media, I know that's a challenge that I have uh, as I'm now getting back into it a little bit more is figuring out, yes, I can post helpful information. I can post educational information and, but like yet thinking of it from that context of when do I put in particular asks and what are like, how to, how to bring that approach into it to be more strategic. I feel like step one is just like, oh my God, let me get some consistent content out there. But then it's also like, you know, what is that content yeah. trying to, what is the purpose of that content? All right. Is it to show that I know what I'm talking about? Is it to help people feel comfortable with me and the fact that I'm not just some like, no offense, but not that you are, but like some stale ass financial guy who's just, you know, they don't, who's going to talk down to them. Why, why would you think that I would take a snitch to that? Jesus. <laughs> I could make this about anyone, just a generic comment, but I'm I'm going to point out that I'm actually thinking of you, Josh. (laughs) I just didn't want you to be sensitive. Now, see, see. But like, that was funny. This is like this is like saying, yeah. So you know, I want to be a, a a good person and a person that helps other people. And you know, I'm not I'm not talking negatively about you, Garrett. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I didn't say that in the same way. I just I just meant that like you're a dude and you're a financial advisor. So I didn't want it to imply. Anyway, apparently we're going to talk about this one after the call. This is going to be great during our session we have after this. I'll apologize profusely. It'll be great. Yeah. It's- yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting noticing it in myself to say, okay, you know, what are the different steps? It's like I think from certainly from my perspective, it has been okay. Let me educate, let me show that I'm not kind of the male pale and stale stereotype that's going to talk down to you. Let me start to get consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, get consistency. But that in and of itself is like step Mm 0.5 or maybe step one. Yeah. So recognizing that what you're saying there, it's like, okay, wow. Once I can get that more like consistent and not have it take so much brain space in the creation of the content, how to do it. Or maybe I should even say, screw it. I'm just going to go with a retargeting campaign of people who had already visited my website and showed interest, hit them with the freebie. And that will save me a lot more time than trying to come up with posts, you know, for two hours a week or something. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things about social media is it lulls people into thinking that, because you see these big people who are get, having huge traction, that that must be the way to go. And because it's also quote unquote free, that must be the way to go. It's not free. Your time is valuable. People highly, highly, highly underestimate the value of their time, like to a ridiculous degree. And you are spending far more than you think you are by trying to save money. Yep. And, 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 I mean, people do have really, really high success with social media or podcasts or anything else. And they are overnight success. I mean, it literally took them one night to go from being a person who had a podcast for 14 years that you never heard of 
to being a person who had a podcast for 14 years that you have heard of. I mean, that happened overnight. <laughs> and that's the idea of why we think it's overnight because right. we see it overnight because we didn't know about them yesterday, but that had nothing to do with the work that they've put in. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's just our exposure to the work. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it, it seems very attractive, but it is a very, very dangerous path to go down without having a really thought through strategy and understanding the long term nature of it. Got it. So um, send some good direct mail pieces instead. There we go. This is just an ad for direct mail. Whatever else. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just expand um, your mind beyond just social media is, is, is what I care about. Perfect. Just two couple quick things. She had asked, can you drop off your flyer in someone's mailbox or is it illegal to open someone's mailbox and drop it in? <laughs> Technically, yeah, it is illegal to open someone's mailbox. That's why they do door hangers. And so you can, like drop it off on their porch or the door hanger. Yeah. To do that sort. Again, though. Time. Time. So if you're going to be dropping things off at people's houses, knock on the door. <laughs> the you know, the idea of, well, I, you know, I've got these 20 people and I want to send them this direct mail piece spend the 50 cents to throw a stamp on it and throw it in the mail because you will spend more in wear and tear on your car, gas, not to, not to say your time driving those around. Yeah. You know, so throw a stamp on it and let someone else do wear and tear on their car and their time driving them around. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, I, Wally said, I primarily use social media, but know the limitations to that, even though it has been good to me. You mentioned direct mail, anything else? Uh, I mean, the combination you said, like TV, visual mediums, radio, whether that's yeah. traditional radio or more podcasts, you know, this will all definitely depend on where your target audience hangs out, how they like to consume media, et cetera. Yeah. But just curious if there's anything else you'd like to add. Yeah, I would say really look at everything that's out there. I mean, you can advertise on almost everything. One of my buddies from college who I went through marketing with started a company called John Boards. I'm sure you've seen their boards. They are ads in bathrooms. And yeah, if you play Need for Speed, the billboards that are on the freeway as you're speeding down the freeway trying to escape the, co the cops, those are paid ads in the billboards. That's hilarious. Right? So advertising opportunities are all over the place. And you really want to think about it's it, what medias are available that your target audience consumes. Yeah. Like I've seen, I know this is something that like people at BNI do, but they'll like it that my old chiropractor, they would have flyers of different people in their BNI group. Yeah. And so you advertise, just put little drop things off at local places of businesses. If those businesses have customers that, would need yeah. what you do. You know what? You know what would be a great place for a chiropractor to run an ad to have an ad. auto body shop. Hey, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's even better. I like that even better. Yeah, run an ad. It, it, have it in a bus bench, right mm -hmm. in front of a strip mall where a really big massage parlor is. Mm. People with lower right. back pain go to massages. If that's not working, because they go there a lot. <laughs> They might be interested in trying the chiropractor. That's a great idea. I love it. 
right? Um, so think about where, what is, what things expose your target audience to, yeah. to that area, to that opportunity, and then place your ads there. Perfect. And I'll put this in the chat. She asked what a B&I is, mm -hmm. and it's a business networking international. It's B&I. Perfect. I, I so. thought it was breaking and entering, and you just spelled <laughs> entering wrong. So. Well, you are a marketer, and we, as we know, they can't spell worth a damn or, or do anything, those acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we that was a fun one. That was longer than we expected, but that was fun. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a topic that I think is I certainly haven't given too much thought to outside of the retargeting that's still in the mm -hmm. digital space, but things like direct ads and getting more creative in other avenues is really cool. So, thanks for chatting and having the conversation. Thanks for everyone who had great questions. Yeah. And if you have any questions that come up as you're watching the replay, just put them in the comments, make sure to tag Josh or I so that we actually see it. And we'll either answer those in the comments or do it on a future live. And maybe just give us some thumbs. She was like, still less than 56 hours. <laughs> Love it. Maybe give us like a thumbs up or say plus one for like talking about search ads or Google ads or things like that. Or just anything else. Yeah. Or any yeah. other topic that you have so that we... Start a poll that, in the group. That it's relevant. I actually, funny enough, have that already scheduled for tomorrow, asking people <laughs> what they are interested in hearing more about. So already on it, my friend. Perfect. Yeah. No, thanks, Wally, for showing up. We really appreciate it. And we'll yeah. be on next week. Yeah. So thanks, Josh. And thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.